Hello, listeners, and thank you for joining another week's podcast from Wind entitled ESG 123. Uh, this week, we are excited to have Simon Turner join us. Uh, once again, as a refresher, Wind focuses on air quality monitoring and purification technology. Uh, this is Max Kiefer, and I am the host of the podcast. Uh, so, Simon, we heard a little bit more about your uh, background at the start of this. Um, but first, we'll go into a little bit more on building cognition. So can we get a little bit more of an update of what's been going on in the building cognition world, especially uh, rolling out of the uh, the healthy buildings days? Sure, Max. Well, it's great to be um, uh, invited to do this uh, podcast for you. I'm very much been looking forward to it. So thanks for inviting me. Um, so, yes, I uh, uh, sold um, uh, healthy buildings back in uh, June of 2019, um, almost exactly three years ago now. and. Um, uh, I decided at that time that it would be a good um, point in my life to do something different than just uh, work in the uh, in, in a large organization in the indoor air quality sustainability world. So I decided to strike out on my own uh, to do consulting, really, so that I could pass on what I know um, to others uh, growing in the field. Um, so I've been sitting on boards and providing advisory consulting services ever since um, in peripheral areas. So obviously, as a courtesy and um, to you know maintain the legality of my relationship with UL, uh, to whom we uh, sold healthy buildings, um, and it's gone by very quickly. It's a very quick three years, I must say. But during that time, I uh, uh, obviously established a, um, a, a vehicle for that consulting, which I call Building Cognition. The reason for calling it that was that I wanted people to understand how building sciences worked in this field. So it seemed like a good name. Um, and uh, since then, I've uh, had some interesting consulting gigs working for um, organizations large and small. Right now, I'm on the uh, board of the GBI, um, which is the folks that do the Green Globes Building Certification Program, which is very interesting, very much enjoying that work and working with a team there. Uh, they have a very motivated, ambitious team at, at the GBI, and I'm uh, hoping to see great things from them in the years to come. Um, I'm also on the advisory board of Safe Traces, uh, which is a, an indoor air diagnostics firm that, um, I'm sh as, you, as I know you're very familiar with, Max, that um, uh, finds ways to trace the dispersion of infectious particles and track air quality throughout the building. So um, building owners and uh, occupiers can identify what the most rational and effective ways of managing air quality um, uh, based on the evidence that they're getting from that that particular diagnostic tool. And that too has been exciting work because um, it's got us very much a startup men mentality, Max. Um, and that's fun to do, uh, to see uh, um, that organization grow and to see a whole new technology getting adopted by the commercial real estate industry at a very stressful time for the industry as well, where they're really looking for new and innovative solutions. And then I'm also back working for UL on a consulting basis um, to help them with new partnerships um, and growth there. Uh, so that's also been fun. And that's plenty, if you ask me, <laughs> for a guy at my age who's um, been um, involved in a field for all these years. Um, happy to do that work, but I'm also happy to spend time, uh, you know, uh, letting my hair down and let's say getting time to be uh, able to think creatively, which is so hard when you have a nine to five job. Well said. No, you definitely have a lot going on. Uh, I was going to leave the age part out of it, but yeah, you're, That's you're, okay. staying, <laughs> you're staying busy to say the least. So yeah, we'll probably hit on some of the, not only the partnerships, but the green globes and the individual building certifications later on in the podcast. Sure. 
Um, but I did just want to maybe give a little bit of background for our listeners is that Simon and I connected at Healthy Buildings. Uh, I have paid Simon the compliment in the past that a lot of my success came from the success that Healthy Buildings was already having. So they were in roughly about 500 million square feet doing a proactive and reactive air quality inspection. So maybe that's a good place to start uh, before we get more into kind of the current and moving future into the future state of air quality. Could you give kind of a, an overview of what Healthy Buildings was focused on in the early days, uh, especially around the proactive and the reactive air quality inspections? Sure, Max. I guess one of the most fulfilling parts of my entire career, apart from seeing people grow, uh, under you know our management, um, which is really cool actually, just to see the way um, individuals build their lives and their families around um, employment, um, uh, you know, with us in our team. But um, from a, another very professionally fulfilling um, feature of my life, essentially, has been to be in the same world really for an entire career. I joined healthy buildings it was called agfa at the time it was a terrible name um as it was basically an air conditioning inspection company back then at the tender age of 27 uh, uh just turned 27. so uh, i was still very young and um i've been in the field of indoor environmental science ever since and of course back in those days that world barely existed um you know hardly anyone was paying attention to sustainability in in the built environment or indoor air quality in general so it was a bit of a um you know uh, uh, a risky move to kind of move into a field where i had no idea if it would grow or not but i've had the um fulfilling experience of seeing that whole world grow until to the point where um this field is now an existential part of building management and operation and ownership, essentially, uh, for for the workplace in general. Um, so to have been there from the very beginning, um, to have taken the arrows in the back as a pioneer, if you like, um, and to see it develop and to see so many people get into the field and to see enormous conventions pop up over the years where thousands of people show up has been amazing. It really has. Um, so yes, uh, uh, that part has been very fulfilling. Um, the company itself grew from one office with, I think it has seven employees when I first joined it, um, to um, uh, four or five offices around the country um, and nearly 100 employees by the time we sold it uh, to, to UL. Um, and we'd expanded it out beyond just um, indoor air quality testing and HVAC inspections out into the sustainability world because we had to make a decision fairly early on. Did we just want to be an industrial hygiene firm or did we want to be able to provide a, a broader a perspective to our clients with respect to sustainability. And it really was a no brainer to do that, uh, to, be, to be able to provide those services, especially in tandem with certification organizations like the USGBC and of course, Green Globes and Well and Briam and all these other programs that have been developing over the same period of time, frankly, that Healthy Buildings was founded. And to be able to develop in tandem with those organizations has been really cool. Um, I've learned a lot. Um, I sometimes like to break my career up into three parts. I mean, when I joined Healthy Buildings, I uh, had a degree in biology and some experience with um, atmospheric science, having worked in a research organization in South Africa before I joined the company. Um, but I knew nothing or very little about how uh, air pollution worked inside buildings. So the first third of my career was spent learning the science, building science, essentially, um, how what I knew about microbiologicals and inorganic and organic chemicals in, in the air 
translated into indoor air and the HVAC systems and the building systems I had to learn all that. The second half or third, should I say, of my career was spent learning about the finances of running a, a, a business. Essentially, I didn't have a business or an accounting background. Um, I still find accounting to be dire and um, very tedious, but then what entrepreneur doesn't? Um, uh, but to learn, you know, the financial side of operating a business um, in short order was a, um, the next priority, essentially, so I could read balance sheets and P&Ls and understand them and make good decisions based on what the numbers said. But then the last third, and possibly the most challenging um, and exciting third, was learning how to manage people and get what you needed out of the people who are working around you. Um, and it's not always about money either. It's about cherishing them more than anything, essentially. And to be able to make sure you're giving the people that you're working with what they really need. Um, and that actually is the key to running a successful business. Not the science, not the finances, but understanding and managing uh, and cherishing the people that you work with. So that's really how I break down my career in those three segments. Well said, but you, you do get a little bit of money. You trademark healthy buildings, right? So anytime healthy buildings is either said from a person, I or wish, a company, okay. <laughs> I wish it, but believe me, we looked into that, uh, the whole concept of healthy buildings. Um, and our lawyers were telling us the trademark lawyers were saying, Simon, trying to trademark healthy buildings is like trying to trademark the term yellow banana. Um, <laughs> You just can't. It's a, it's really a term of art at this point. Um, we were the first company to use the term, to my knowledge, healthy buildings, and certainly the first company to name themselves healthy buildings. But that doesn't mean that we were able to to glom onto that name and use it exclusively and sue everyone else that was using the term. And of course, now, as we know, healthy buildings as a term of art is everywhere. And that's okay. We thought of it first. And that's all that matters. <laughs> True. Well, that, that's another nice segue here. So you covered some of it, at least from the healthy buildings days. Uh, I will give a shout out. Uh, we did have a great call with Sean McCready, uh, who's still over in the UL world. Uh, Wind is very focused on what they call the UL 2905 and 2906. So Sean might cringe if I get those uh, mixed up, but one is a, a sensor certification and then one deals with uh, sensor deployment. So recommendations on these sensors when they're deploying into a building or a space. So kind of moving from the healthy buildings days into what you're doing now in the UL space, I think you're even on a panel or connected with some of the folks at a BOMA conference, um, but can you hit on some of the more the UL specific type relationship partnerships that you have working on with them uh, before we kind of do a deeper dive into indoor quality in general? Yeah, sure. Without, without, you know, giving away UL's own strategies, which of course is their business. Uh, there's no secret. The UL is, um, is growing in the field of, uh, of the built environment. They, in 2011, they acquired a company called AQS, which was an emissions testing firm uh, run by Marilyn Black and Tony Worthen, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, that's where they got their, uh, cut their teeth in the indoor environmental world, testing furnishings and other products that are used inside buildings for um, volatile organic emissions. Um, but they needed a whole building certification process. And by acquiring healthy buildings, it really was a match made in heaven, a great strategic match, because it gave them the ability to have a platform for verifying uh, uh, indoor environmental quality on a, as a whole. And that's where their verification mark 
for healthy buildings now has come from essentially from the early work we did developing those proactive indoor air quality monitoring programs which really were pioneering at the time to the point where they're considered a benchmark for assessing um, air quality and uh, indoor environmental conditions in buildings now so for ul to um, add their uh, branding to it and to continue to refine it. It's really cool to see. And it's also really cool to see how successful they've been with those verification marks ever since. So another, I, I promise not to overuse the nice segue, but it is. And, and to our listeners, I promise this uh, week isn't uh, scripted uh, oh, too much. But uh, to go back in my questions here, I wanted to touch about air quality. Uh, I did want to talk a little bit about wind just on a high level as we were able to connect with our head of sales, Mark, previous to this call. Uh, I will say that it's a almost a blessing and curse that wind is getting pulled into 100 different directions. Uh, we are in 100 different countries now. So uh, similar to my first days at Healthy Buildings, uh, really it was kind of fi uh, figuring out the niche that we had within the industry. Um, just as a frame of reference, we're getting to pulled into not only offices from an ownership, but a tenant perspective. Uh, we're getting pulled into schools, affordable housing, senior living, hotels, uh, a number of different areas, both here and internationally. And I, I guess really where I wanted to kind of pick Simon's brain here is that it, it's really about all these partners coming together. Um, the ULs of the world, the safe traces, the building cognitions, the healthy buildings, uh, and then all working together as opposed to staying in their individual silos. So uh, I won't even say that we're kind of either in the, the middle or the end of a pandemic or COVID times, because I feel like in many ways we're still in it. So could you kind of at a, at a high level maybe talk about where you see air quality, where we yeah. are now and yeah. moving forward, and then how it might be addressed in some of those different verticals yeah. that I just touched upon? Well, right. That's a really good question, Max, because, um, look, uh, I was talking a few minutes ago about um, seeing the whole world of this in this field grow from nothing, really, no awareness of this issue at all, really, back in the um, you know late 70s, early 80s to where it is now. And um, obviously, technology has been how it's advanced. I mean, again, in our early days, all we were really doing was looking inside ducts, um, seeing what we could see. And we you won't believe that crap that we would see inside air conditioning systems sometimes um the level of awareness just wasn't there old mattresses um, horse head, uh, uh, well uh, a goat's head actually but that <laughs> was much later that was years later <laughs> that's a whole different story the, go the famous goat's head story um but uh no we you know in those days it was very unsophisticated but and then the, the the instruments we were using to measure indoor air quality were rudimentary to say the least and most of them had come from the field of outdoor air quality and over time the instruments got better um and uh, uh more compact and more easily uh, deployed in buildings and then came the world of sensors obviously which are where wind is involved um and then now there's an entire industry developing sensor technology which I believe needs to be integrated with physical inspections and, and broader holistic assessments of buildings. I don't think sensors should stand on their own, and I don't think building inspections should stand on their own. I think you need an integrated approach to uh, air quality in buildings where um, you're using all of these technologies to really um, fully understand what's going on in, on in them, along with the training and the culture that you establish inside building operations, which obviously with my involvement at BOMA, I see is absolutely there. In fact, I worry more about um, buildings that are not inside the world of BOMA and other organizations that don't get involved in, in what ASHRAE is doing and these other organizations um, so that they stay up. 
Uh, and that's going to have a big impact on the way buildings adapt to the post-COVID world, that they're sophisticated, that they have the equipment and the technology and the training to really meet the needs that building occupiers um, and employees are really going to demand from their workplaces in the years to come. That's very well said. Uh, so the next part of our, our podcast and closing last but not least is recommendations for our listeners, uh, basically recommendations for people beginning their careers, especially if they want okay. to get into air quality, yeah. sustainability, and then also companies that are doing their assessments. Uh, I will add to this is that wind is having a lot of success, not only in the sensors, but then also individual purifiers. Right. Uh, shout out to the Harvards and the cognitive ability studies recommending we put HEPA certified uh, filters into our purifiers. We also jam pack about a pound or a pound and a half of carbon into the individual filters. Uh, the other part where we've had some success is linking the purifiers to the sensors so that it can make regulations in real time based on the environment. So. I won't go off to too many tangents because it seems like there's so many air quality solutions that are out there. Um, you had touched upon a little bit about where you would recommend maybe individuals starting their career, but could you give maybe two sides of it for yeah. our listeners that want to get into a company or start their career and then people that are just starting their air quality journey where they should uh, begin the process? Right. Well, I think um, uh, folks that are looking to get into this industry in general can can start with a head start over and above even maybe their potential employers because i think we've got to understand that building owners and their tenants you know the businesses that operate uh, occupy buildings have got to completely change the whole way that they look at their workplaces and and i've been talking about this for a year or so now that, that these spaces are going to have to be configured more as clubs than as cube farms, places where people come to collaborate and innovate. Um, and as leases roll over, you know, five or 10 year leases, we're going to see landlords having to going to have to accept that there's going to be a big flight from quantity square feet of space to quality. These spaces are going to look very different in the years ahead in, in all aspects of indoor environmental quality, including indoor air quality, lighting, sound so a concept called active design which is giving people choices and the ability to move around inside their spaces obviously wellness thermal comfort all those uh, issues need to be um really understood from a science base and so people getting into the field i believe need a science training um evidence-based design and operations essentially based on having a really thorough understanding of environmental science and hvac science and lighting science and construction science and all these things so that um they really know what they're talking about uh, if they're going to um be able to be successful and they need a grounding in business and management theory as well so it's a lot more sophisticated than it used to be uh, but we're going to see some massive changes and so youngsters getting into this field have got the opportunity to be leaders by the time they're my age, that's for sure. True. I love it. Well said and a great closer. So uh, I will say we should connect in person. Uh, no more of the, the Zoom calls. Uh, I know there's a number of conferences. Good to see that they're actually happening. Uh, Green Build, I always used to say through USGBC, but I guess it's now moved to Informa. But Green Build is going to be in San Francisco at the end of the year. My other side plug is I did open a restaurant called Waystation up, up in Marin. So if you do make your way up here, there's going to be another kind of uh, sustainability get together for the, the prop tech world that want to make it their way up north. Well, Max, I look forward to a free dinner at your restaurant. <laughs> That's right. You have the dinner and I'll, I'll handle the beers or please yeah, join can. me with it if you want it. <laughs> okay. Thank you All for right. joining us, Simon. Talk soon. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye.